0: Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads, my name is Peter Howard, at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. This week, I promise, this is still... A Dynasty fantasy football podcast. But remember that I'm not a fantasy football, so I fit. But let's get into it.
1: About
0: 10,000 years ago, an area flat dried up land in New Mexico, it was raining. It's an important date or era historically, at the time the human race had most definitely reached every continent, if not every place, and food production, one of the driving forces that would compel our species onwards, and some say upwards, had begun independently in at least three different places across the planet, possibly five. There are lots of gaps and missing questions, but between ten and 12,000 years ago, the human race, unbeknownst to itself, was radically evolving in a drastic way. And in this one place, it was raining. The salt water, collected in pools, dips and troughs in the landscape of white sand and sparse brush, collecting, sheltering amongst companions like morning commuters waiting for a bus. Sometime in and around this inclement weather, a woman was walking. She was carrying a small child. Estimates suggest the child would have been two years or younger. On occasion she stopped to set the child down. We know she walked for about a mile at least, about 0.9 miles. And then, sometime later, walked back along the exact same path, the same slow, wet mile, without the child. Both a woolly mammoth and a sloth crossed her path at some point, whether in front or behind is uncertain, I'm not sure she saw them, but I like to imagine she did, and they were definitely close by. I like to imagine it was raining as she walked as well. I also like to imagine it was a woman and not a young man, though it could have been. There are some historical facts that I just enjoy knowing. Almost none of them have anything to do with anyone you've ever heard of, and this is one of the more recent additions I've come across. After that woman passed... In the way of things that fall from the sky, the raindrops dried up, leaving small mineral deposits of dolomite and calcite, which collected, hardened, and left impressions of her footprints. That's how we know what we know. It's the earliest known track of this type until David Bustos, whose name I'm definitely butchering, Um, He was a National Park employee. He first noticed them, and it was a couple of years ago. Um, They didn't look like much at the time, or must not have looked like much at the time. Footprints below the surface, Dolomite just edging the contours of white sand higher here and there. But David recognized them as important and figured he'd better invite some scientists over. I'm not sure what I would do if I needed to invite some scientists over in a hurry, but whatever he did worked, because fairly soon archaeologists were uncovering the, the story of the woman and her journey. You can go to this place, you can see where she walked, you can speculate on where she was going and what she was doing and where the child went. It can be a happy journey, or a humdrum activity, or one of deep sorrow. We know a lot, but we don't know anything, really. Thanks to the slow change over time and the small amounts of dolomite and calcite in rainwater, we do know quite a lot. You can stand in the same place, so not on the footprints because you'd have to be a monster, but you can be as close to one of our distant ancestors as it's humanly possible to be, separated only by the ticking or talking, and hardly anything at all. A small noise that means nothing in the quiet of a busy life. Outside of time travel, you will never know the answers to most of the questions you could ask. You will forever know she was there, and she will forever not know you were. Sometimes the best parts of history are the ones that make you think about how much we know because of very small things doing a very specific job over time. But also very specific information can be wrung from those little tiny tasks even if they don't provide definite answers to specific questions. We can know what we know by what's left behind. It's all true but you can't say much for sure but you can be very specific. And it's with that that the spirit of breakouts, returns, and repeats in fantasy football comes up for me. Or at least it's why I'm comfortable knowing as much as I can, not as much as I would like to. Let's start at step one. What do those words mean? In 2022, six wide receivers who finished in the top 12 in total PPR points scored had finished in the top 12 the year before. They were repeating players. Or in other words, 50% of of 2022 top 12 wide receivers were repeats. Four of the top 12, Christian Kirk, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Smith and Armand Ross St. Brown, didn't finish inside the top 12 in 2021, or the year before, or any year before that. These players broke out in the top 12 for the first time last year. So 33% of the top 12 wide receivers from 2022 were breakouts. Breakouts include rookies. Two players, the smallest group, had finished in the top 12 before, but didn't do so in 2022. They returned to the top 12 after at least a year out of the top 12. That was AJ Brown and Amari Cooper. They're known as returns, and they made up 16% of the top 12 players last year. Looking back through the seasons, under these definitions, we can identify the average percentage of players in each of these categories. We're just going to be looking at the top 12 today, though we could, and I do, also look at the top 5 and top 24 and top 36, but we're trying to keep things simple. We can assess what is and isn't normal in any given season using these definitions. And I don't want to make it more complicated than it needs to be. So quarterbacks since 2012 had averaged 50.8% of repeats in the top, inside the top 12. Breakouts at quarterback, 20.5% on average in any given season. The returns are about 15.9% of top 12 players at the quarterback position. So 66.7% of top 12 players at quarterback since 2012 have been in the top 12 before in any given random season on average. 13% I'll point out um, have been drafted before 2001 which is before my calculations start so they can't be identified as any particular group. There's Tom Brady over and over again, Peyton Manning. Over and over again, but for the last time in 2013. And Drew Brees, uh, again, multiple times. So that's why those percentages don't quite add up to 100. Running back since 2012. They repeat, on average, in the top 12, 38.6% of the time. They break out inside the top 12. 40.2% of the players are breakout players. Returning players make up 21.2% of the overall group. That's 59.8%. Finishing in the top twelve, having done it before that any given random season. All of the top twelve running back seasons are accounted for during that time, so there's no leftovers. At wide receiver, the top twelve since two thousand twenty since twenty twelve, the average makeup is forty point two percent of them are repeats, thirty nine point four percent of them are breakout players for the first time, and 197 percent are Returning players. That makes 59.8% identical to running back in the top 12 on average being having been in the top 12 before. Either the year before or a previous year. Only 0.8% of the top 12 seasons since 2012 aren't accounted for at wide receiver. And that's literally just Reggie Wayne in 2012. And, and he was a repeat. Tight ends. On average the top 12 is made up of 47% repeats. 33.3% breakouts, and 18.2% returns. 65.2% of all players inside the top 12 at tight end on an average season have been there before. That's higher than both running back and wide receiver. We can make a lot of cross-positional observations here, and the table as well as the data and results are all published on my Patreon and in my NFL database. You can also find the average table on on my Twitter and in Discord and anywhere else I'm allowed to post images. I'd recommend my YouTube videos, obviously, to see the table and hear some of the comparisons as well. For example, wide receivers and running backs repeat at about the same rate, about 40%. Close to 70% of most top 12 positional groups have finished inside the top 12 in any given random season. The return rate of wide receiver across the different categories is actually stronger, and 70% in the top 24 is particularly significant, for example. But I'd encourage you to remember that the average lies, the cliff metaphor for players' careers, is false, or at least incomplete. And Adam said's long-ago idea of mortuary table analysis has been my go-to way of thinking about the way age affects production in the NFL. Based on Adam's prime years left table for example 31 year old wide receivers still on average have two prime years left at 31 years old 29 year old running backs have two prime years left or slightly less than two prime years left also remember that 70 percent of most production inside the top 12 are players who've been there before in an average random season x And the average age of top 12 wide receivers is 27 years old. As we've talked about before, the distribution of those ages strongly favours 27 and over, not 27 and under, with barely one or two players in any given random season being under 27 years old. Never underestimate your league mate's ability to over or undervalue age, whichever way they're leaning. Find which it is and zag, right? However, that's not the main reason I want to look at production expectation on a year-to-year basis. Instead, I want to talk about how this number is different from last year and the year before, and what that might mean for the year that's yet to come. So let's take breakouts. On average, thirty-nine point four percent of the top twelve wide receivers, as we just said, are breakouts. But in twenty twenty-two, only th- it was thirty-three percent. Christian Kirk, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Smith, and Armand Ross, St. Brown. That wasn't unexpected nor particularly low. Last year, we looked at the same trends to highlight an elevated breakout rate and suggest that it might be lower this year. And it was, but not significantly. And last year, while we were looking at those same trends, we targeted, we highlighted three out of these four breakouts. We also highlighted Darnell Mooney. So three of our four missed. And I'm not kidding either. We called all three. We just knew they were high value. And so there wasn't a lot of buy cheap kind of opportunities going into 2022. And again, no one cares. Being right obviously doesn't matter. But it's still pretty cool for the process, I think. I have the article to prove it. And if you're interested, you can read it. And to be fair, if you read back that article, I also identified that Michael Pickman and T. Higgins both look good, but I dismiss them just based on my own reading of the context. So it's more three out of six instead of three out of four, if you're interested But still, I think it's pretty solid for the process looking at 2012. Wide receiver breakouts in 2022 were marginally below average, but not terrible. And the breakouts were all highly valued because they were breaking out in their window. C.D. Lamb's breakout, the third year breakout being one of the more rare, but Christian Kirk is the lone exception with an outside-the-window breakout, Um, and he's a decidedly later-than-average breakout in the top 12. Those usually don't continue, but we'll see with Christian Kirk over time and Jacksonville. Still, over the last three years, we have seen an above-average breakout rate at wide receiver in total of the last three. 2022 went part way to bringing us back in line, but there's still an outstanding balance due, if you ask me. So what does this mean? Essentially, I think because of the atypical but similar patterns of players' careers, these numbers regress to an extent. If we see abnormally high levels of breakouts, like in 2019, when 50% of the top 12 players were all breakout players, then we'll see a regression to a lower level of breakouts the following season, but not zero. In 2022 and 2021, both brought... Lower breakout rates than 2019, but they were still above average at 41.7%. Remember that in the top 12, 8% represents a whole player, so these marginal peaks and troughs are relatively minor and result in thing, you saying ridiculous things like 1.4 players, uh, and I'm not sure whose legs we cut off. However, in 2018, we saw a distinctly different wide receiver group with only 25% of players being breakouts. That's Diggs, Juju, and Robert Woods that other later breakout that didn't continue much to be clear my conclusions are also based on the patterns of the top 24 and top 36 but just talking about one category at a time is i think the best way to go about this as good players emerge breakout rates increase as they age repeat rates increase while injuries and circumstances lead to returning players and they're obviously less consistent not all injuries happen in the same career year for example it only makes sense that over a that a certain number of players over time suffer missed time or down seasons only to return to the top 12 when those situations resolve. While the return rate, the lowest percentage of all the groups at all the positions, is less panned, it seems that even particularly low return rates lead eventually to higher ones. In 2015 and 2017 and 2022 are all such heavy return years where 33% of the top 12 double the average, we're returning players. We can, and I do, also break this down using early and late career breakouts and higher and lower draft capital, both of which are variables you'd expect to create or affect the rate at which some players break out, repeat, and return over time. But once again, let's hammer home the concept and try to make sure some conclusions rather than wander off the point too sub. Just know that that's part of the process as well. It's not a complex process, it's just involved. You don't have to be really smart to work it out, but you do have to be dogged to chase down the data and follow it through the lines from one end to the other across all positions for all seasons, subdivided by draft capital and career year trends. You also must accept it won't preference one player but certain types of players and from there you're kind of on your own. All in the hope and to the purpose of maybe learning or leaning our draft and trade strategies somewhat in the right direction for what we should on average expect to be the theme of production In 2023. So here are some conclusions. Again I broke down each position in a separate video on YouTube. But for now here are the broad strokes. At quarterback the most notable trend. Is the higher than average breakout rate. 33%. This is a singularly rare year at the position. Which has only broken out to this level twice before. In 2008 and 2012. Both were preceded by below average breakout rates. Inside the top 12. With only one one player breaking out into the top 12. The following year for each. Interestingly, the main conclusion, putting it all together, for me, seems to be more returns. 15% of players return to the top 12 in a random year on average, and that's barely two players in a single season, to be clear. But it was distinctly below average last year, with a high breakout rate. That means that Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson all look slightly more likely, or more perhaps, to return to the top 12 in 2023 than in any given random year. That doesn't tell you which one, but if you have a player or a situation process that highlights them, this positively adds to that process. Personally, I think all three of them look at look like decent values in Superflakes. We could also add Kyler Murray to the list, but that's an injury issue, which seems separate based on his timetable for a turn. At running back? We're rolling over the 2022 takes at running back for another year. The position is still woefully underperforming in breakouts. Only Tony Pollard and Jamal Williams made the list, and that was touchdowns incarnate. That's only 25% for two straight years. The last time we saw two below average breakout years at running back was 2011 and 2012. In the following season, 2013, it was back up to 41%. But, side note, it's not always 2017. That year, Eddie Lacey was the only year one breakout. Although any Bajon Robinson comparisons to Eddie Lacy are going to be catching some hands from somebody. But we also saw a third year breakout in DeMarco Murray, which was pretty good. A fifth year breakout from Nosho Moreno, which did not continue. And two undrafted free agents breaking out into the top 12. Fred Jackson and Danny Woodhead playing in their seventh and sixth career years, respectively. Outside of rookie expectations, the breakouts that stand out to me based on positional trends and comparing them to that year are Rashard White and Damian Pierce. A wide receiver, I don't think it would be news to anyone that wide receiver has been hot lately. But after 2022 regression, I don't think we're out of breakouts in 2023. Sophomore wide receivers are still fine, largely. Though hoping for four or five of your favorites to hit the top 12 in 2023 is probably out of the question. But that's true in any year. Based on positional trends, I think breakouts with decent draft capital like Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore are still actually in their window, despite being disappointing because of injuries over the first few years. But still, mostly it's just Chris Alavi and Garrett Wilson. Beyond that, I'm more interested in returns at wide receiver. Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. They all look good in ADP. They are all players who have finished in the top 12, currently being drafted well outside the top 12 in Dynasty, And this is a year where returns happen a little bit more often, maybe, perhaps, sort of. At the tight end position, again, based on this data, tight end looks set to break out more often in the future, perhaps this year. The average for the position is 33% of the top 12 are breakouts, but we have seen two straight years below that mark. And once again, the last time that happened, the following season in 2018 saw a 50% breakout rate. Now, Greg Dolchich and Trey McBride both fit most breakout paths I can think of. Sophomore, tight ends, good college production, so on and so forth. My standard results also highlighted Noah Gray and Isaiah Likely, however. But the, the results or the model I've got for this doesn't recognize that they're sitting behind literally the one and two at the position. So, you know, context matters. I wouldn't expect them to take over the job or anything. Still. Based on historical patterns of production, those are the players that are standing out or the types of players that are standing out to me at each position for 2023 in Dynasty that might be above average expectations of them returning or breaking out next year. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the YouTube videos if you like or, you know, just uh, say hey. I'd appreciate it. It's about all I have time for this week. Um, but next week we're talking to Mike at Daddy's Home FF from DLF and Trophy Smack, so stay tuned for that. If you're interested in my ranks, articles, or any of this data, all of it can be found once again on my Patreon, or you can just contact me anytime to chat, argue, or disagree on Twitter. At PA Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.
1: Yeah! Chicken a chick crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go! Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player phone, so... Jake on the table and Ape on the plate though. Deed enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains Got their in lanes But I like that yeah. Picking these guys All of these times All of these nice stats nice. Picking apart The film is an art Always a fight Back and forth There is no order They disorder More and more Because the players Ain't no older They some hoarders Or some mortars Dropping bombs Without no borders Stick got that eye I like mortar Peak grinding numbers Like molars I don't know anymore I am at a crossroad. Chicken a crow Chicken a crow Crossing the road Go Clicking a poll Twitter is gold run unfold. So Jake on the table and they want the a place though. Peter Numa, the did it's a place they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds So Jake on the table and they want the a place though. He did it's a the place they're analytical.